Welcome to the Pope on Film. I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. This is episode 450 of the podcast. Yes, yes, Little Lebowski, Urban Achievers, and proud we are of all of that. I'm noticing that it says the Pope on film number 449, flesh-eating mothers underneath us currently, oh. but that's okay. How and also, that happen? I, I, I just, I, I just want to bring it up in the opening, which I like. Uh, you misspelled the word starring. It says staring, which is fine. Because I do a lot of staring. I, I always get confused if it's one R or two R's. It is okay. It is okay. It, you know me. I'm always striving for perfection. <laughs> but this flesh-eating mother's thing, I know I changed that, so I don't know how the fuck that happened. I don't know. But it is episode 450. It's the mob. Yeah. Once again, the liberal left. So, uh, this is episode 450, and I'm going to be honest with you, Bunny. Uh, I have got a great monologue. And then, HAP, this week, our historic uh, educational section, great. And I've got a good breakdown of this week's movie. Uh, but I'm going to rip through all of that and hopefully get out of here in two hours or less. I am tired AF. Daylight savings time has done a number on me. I am from Arizona, and we don't do it there. No. It wasn't until I was in my mid to late 20s that I ever heard the phrase spring forward, fall back. I had never heard it before, ever. Really? So, Yeah. We, it just was not taught when I was growing up in Arizona because we didn't do daylight savings time. So... uh what I'm hearing is everyone's talking about, oh, you know, they're passing a law. They're going to make uh, daylight savings time. Uh, they're going to stop changing the clocks. And it's like, okay. But I know history enough to, to know that we already did that in the 70s and kids were dying at bus stops. Yes. In so the I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure if, if, if uh, daylight savings time is truly going away, but there you go. Episode 450. We're going to rip through this because I'm exhausted. Jeff! Jeff. Now, Bunny, I am not calling you Jeff. No. You are still Bunny Williams, okay? I don't want you to get confused. All right? Yes. No. Okay. Yes. Uh, J Jeff no. is the name that we decided to call this random potpourri of news, bits, skits, etc., now, personally, I still prefer the alter the alternate title to this segment, the Betty White Memorial Monologue segment, brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Download today, but six episodes ago, we decided we agreed to call this segment Jeff, and so let's Jeff it up. Arnold Schwarzenegger has a new Netflix movie coming out. Okay, I wanted to talk about it a little bit. It's called Fubar. Yeah. And there's a preview that just came out. Now, uh, I didn't see the preview. 
I didn't bother seeing the preview because Arnold Schwarzenegger hasn't done anything worth watching this uh, uh, century, let alone this decade. So I didn't bother seeing the preview. But this movie does intrigue me only because of the possibility. Imagine this, Bunny. The possibility that maybe he says the title in the movie. Okay. Can you imagine with his accent, him saying that at all, that excites me. And it is totally fuba. Oh no, everything is fuba. Get the president to the chopper before things get fuba. Oh no, things have gotten too fuba. I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Netflix originals, um, at least until the Ultraman movie comes out. So uh, that's that's that. Uh, Bunny. Yes. You, you're gonna have to go back to that. You can't just gloss over it like that. Nope. Nope. I I don't think that I can. I mean, literally, I don't think that I can. Okay. Uh, Bunny. Hear me out, okay? Okay. Okay. Hear me out. I'm gonna go to a weird play. Con this is going to be controversial, okay? Okay. But I need okay. I need you to, to come with me here. Okay. I want to preface this. Uh, hear me out by saying I'm entirely serious. I'm not doing a bit. I mean, this is a bit, but I'm not being funny. This isn't shticky. Uh, I'm serious, okay? Okay. Okay. I wrote a little scene, a little skit. There's three parts. I will be playing all three parts, but it is highly controversial. Okay. Based on a highly controversial topic. Um, this isn't me being sticky. This is serious. This is a topic. There's a topic, and I've never heard anyone talk about it, ever. Ever. No one has ever mentioned this thing that I think about a lot. Um, I've never heard anyone ever talk about this, and and I maybe we should be talking about it. So I wrote a little skit, and I'm going to uh, act it out for you. Okay, Bunny? Okay. Okay. Now, um, there's th it's a short scene. There are three people in this scene. And there I've heard it's controversial. It is very controversial, extremely controversial. So there are two people talking over here, and then eventually over here, someone else will come in. This person who will be coming in eventually, you can tell that they're someone different because they're wearing sunglasses. Uh-huh. Okay? But the two people here, they're just talking to themselves in the beginning, and then eventually the guy with the sunglasses comes in. But he doesn't come in yet. It's just two people talking here. What are their names? One of them is named in this skit, but it doesn't actually matter what their names are. They are sort of interchangeable. Okay? Okay. Okay. So, here is the skit. It uh it takes place in a 
a recording studio. Okay. Okay. So two people talking in the beginning, and then the third one comes in. That's important. Yes, Eleanor. Yes, you can have those chicken nuggets. Uh, okay. So it's a recording studio. Hey, Dave. Hey, man. What's up? Nothing much. Are you ready to record music? You bet I am. Hey, has our fearless leader shown up yet? No, you know how he's always late, Dave. Ha <laughs> ha, I sure do. Man, I love being in this band, and I love our fearless leader. Oh, yeah, so do I. I love his music writing style. Uh, his his music is uh, so uh, fanciful. Yes, his music is fanciful. It's fanciful because it, it, it's it's all imaginative. He has such a creative mind creating these fictions that are totally fake and are in no way red flags. Hey, uh, here he comes now. Hi, Kurt. Hey, guys. What's up? Nothing much. Uh, we're excited to record our new album. Are you excited? Yeah, I guess. Whatever. So, do you have a new? Uh, do you have a new song for us? Yeah, it's right here in this piece of paper. Oh, cool! What's the song called? It's called "I Hate My Life and I Want to Die and I'm Going to Die. I'm Going to Kill Myself. I Have a Shotgun in My Attic." And I'm going to put it in my mouth and blow my brains out and die. I hate my life and I'm going to do it. This is a cry for help. I hate myself. <laughs> awesome. Let's record it. Man, there are no red flags here. No one we should contact. No one who needs any help. I love this entirely fictional song. And let's go record it. This is going to be even better. Then our actual song entitled I Hate Myself and Want to Die. And this is going to be even better than the last song we recorded where you said the words, no, I don't have a gun over and over again for five minutes nonstop. No red flags here. Nothing that I should see coming. Nothing that I should stop. Let's go record. We're the band Nirvana. <laughs> and scene. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. I have heard no one talk about this before, ever. I, I it, but, it is controversial because Courtney Love was not in this skit. She was not in the skit. But um, I, I, I saw some interview with Dave Grohl, and he's talking. He, he was talking about. Yeah, I still have dreams that Kurt's still alive and that Nirvana is still together and that we're touring, but we're older now. We're in our 50s and we're growing old graciously. And and I'm like, oh, yeah, OK, Dave. Uh, 
if you wanted Nirvana to still be together, maybe you should have gotten someone the help that they so desperately needed because the signs were there. They have a song called I Hate Myself and Want to Die. And yeah. the chorus is ended someday over and over again. And it's like, oh, did you record that after the song where you said, no, I don't have a gun 30 times? I mean, I, I'm not saying that it's Dave's fault. I'm just saying that Kurt's not here. And now we just have a shadow of him that yes. occasionally pops up in a Muppet movie. Hooray! I'm just saying, it, the, the, how could you not see those red flags? Yes. I, I'm not saying that it, it, the two other living members of the band are responsible, but, you know, they probably could have done something to help. If you're touring all around the world with this person and you're recording this music, then, uh, yeah, the, there were okay, some flags. Okay, but to his defense, okay, this was pre-Facebook, so nobody knew the suicide hotline number. That's a good point. That is a good point. Yeah. 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 So, Bonnie. Yes. It's March, and for those of you unaware, March is my birth month. I came up with a great idea for our next episode. I am so excited, but I want to save it until right at the end. Oh, it's such a good idea. Okay. Uh, I have a lot to celebrate in my life. I have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trans. Pretty soon it'll be, uh, you know two years that I've been trans and pretty soon it'll be a year that I've been on uh, hormone replacement therapy I'm transitioning I look amazing I look amazing I'm 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 my birthday is on the 22nd I'm turning older than I look yes yeah uh, I used to be afraid of getting older but now here I am in my 40s and I don't see getting older as a bad thing anymore. There's a lot of positives to getting older. For starters, I don't have to download TikTok. No. Because it's understood that, like, I don't have to. I'm older. It's not a necessary thing for me. No. I I'm excited about that. You know, if my daughter Amber sees a funny TikTok and she wants to show it to me, she has to stand up on her bed, walk down the hallway into my bedroom and sit down next to me and show it to me on her phone because that's how old I am. <laughs> and I like that. Uh, I, I listen to new music. I expand my horizons and and uh, it's really easy with uh spotify with the spoofity and i i listen to new music but i don't really have to you know yeah if i stop listening to new music today that wouldn't be a crime but i know music enough i i have gotten to the point where i can say uh miley cyrus is an amazing singer i'm, I'm happy about that Big yeah. fan of Miley Cyrus. You know she did an entire album with the Flaming Lips? Did she? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's called Miley Cyrus and Her Dead Pets. 
and it's kind of freaking awesome. You know, because you always knew she she was a little bit into the, and and this album proves it. It's it's out there. Yeah, I, I really dig it. Yeah, she's not just a little bit into it, but like you her get it. Family, yeah, her whole family. Like, yeah, they grow. Like, yeah, Billy like, Ray. Really I keep forgetting about Billy Ray. Uh, and without a doubt, the best part about getting older. Oh, I can now believe anything I read on the internet. Yes. Yes, she can. It is amazing. It's wonderful. I can just, I'm at that age where if I read something online and I decide that I want it to be true, I could start spouting out nonsense and people will be like, oh, well, Maylin is in her 40s. Honey, honey, honey. no, no, no. My brother. Honey, but here's the okay. But here's the thing, honey. According to Reddit user Twadfire six nine six nine, Joe Biden is a cyborg created by the lizard people. Okay, I can just start spouting off the absolute craziest nonsense. Anything that I want. No, I don't wear shoes anymore. You believe in shoes? Yeah. Shoes are a psyop Made created by the Dutch to distract you from all the socks that they steal while they're while you're doing the laundry. That's, That's right. why I don't trust the Dutch. They're always stealing socks from the Jews. Yeah. I'm gonna pick just one random and completely normal thing. To be vehemently against, you know. Um, excuse me. No, I don't. I'm. I won't take a penny. <laughs> See, I did my own research on pennies, and uh, uh, they give rickets to left-handed people. Yes, they do. Open your mind, pennies. That's what Fauci wants you to believe. Did you hear, Bunny? This is crazy. I read this online. They are putting chemicals in the water to turn the frigging frogs straight. Wow. Apparently, they first started putting uh, chemicals in the water to turn the frigging frogs gay, but then they put too much chemicals in the water to turn the frigging frogs gay. And suddenly, we had flaming frogs. Hey, but can I also <laughs> tell you about an article that I read about some scientists who decided to take a cell uh, from a male mouse, and they did something with some stem cells, and they put it in an embryo, and they, they, they fertilized it with another male, and they were able to grow a baby mouse from two men. They were able to grow a baby mouse from two men? Two male mice. Two Two male mice they were able to grow. Of course, they had to have a female to, you know, birth it. They put it in the female mouse's womb. But they were able to do that. I, I, Isn't that I, crazy? I, 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 I am concerned about myself for the relief that I felt when you clarified two <laughs> male mice. Well, they're working towards the humans, but uh, that's going to be a slow, slow, slow thing because they can't 
Well, why, why would two human males want to have a mouse? Uh, well, it used to be illegal, you know. I was a, <laughs> I, I was a big fan of two men and a mouse until, men a- uh, uh, what's his name? Charlie Sheen left. Yeah. And they got that dude from that 70s show, and it's like, yeah, no thank you. And the, and the mouse no started thing. going down the Kirk Cameron road. Yeah. 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 Not a fan. So. When you said, remind me of a picture, it was two women getting married and they were like, uh, we used our dog as a flower, flower girl. I can't believe five years ago oh, this yeah. was illegal. And the guy was like, I forgot homophobia existed. And I was wondering why you couldn't have your dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So, so. They put too much chemicals in the water and the frogs became too gay and the frogs were all ribbit. So now But the their pond was was amazing. Yeah. The so pond now, was clean. I got Natasha. No scum so, in that pond. So now they're putting testosterone and uh, monster energy drink in the water. Yeah. And so now, uh, all the frogs are like, Ribbit! Ribbit! Joe Rogan is a genius! Ribbit! I love titties! Nice titties! So. <laughs> Jet fuel doesn't burn a steel girder! Ribbit! <laughs> here's, here's the crazy thing. I'm just going to come out and say it. I did my own research. Betty White faked her death, and she is coming out to, to, to become Joe Biden's new vice president. Uh, well, Betty White and Princess Diana are still alive. They're hanging out with Tupac and Elvis. Yeah. True. True. So, so there you go. Betty White's alive. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And one thing about one thing that we now know about Princess Diana, you know, seeing as she's hanging out with Betty White. Amazing jazz trumpetist. Oh my god, I heard about that. I can't wait to hear it. Yeah. I heard that yeah. Diana was really dirty. I heard that from a Michael Jackson song. Oh. I don't know why. No. No, I don't want a chicken nugget, Eleanor. Thank you. Um, Bunny. Yes. The only thing the Republicans have are culture war BS. Mass shootings are happening everywhere all the time. Kids are shooting up schools and Republicans want to save our kids from drag queens. Yes. And history books. According to Republicans, RuPaul is more dangerous to kids than school shootings. GOP politicians are focusing more on drag queens than dead children. Pro-life politicians are focusing more on men dressed as women than on actual dead kids. Yes. Um, And it's like, oh, someone shooting up an elementary school? Uh, Nobody cares. We're focusing on the important things. Bugs Bunny just grabbed a, a tube of lipstick. Yes. We cannot let this happen. Oh, no. So here's what Republicans need to do. Cancel all the active shooter drills. That's not important. We need to start doing active drag 
queen drills in schools. Yes. I mean, if 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 uh, the real danger isn't school shootings, but uh, drag queen story times, let's start doing drag drills. Oh well, no! Well, Kids. yeah. And, and I I have that planned. Okay. We would have a drag queen walk through the school, and when any of the children see them, they have to crush a beer can into their forehead. Oh no, a drag queen is sashayed into the school. Quick, kids, discuss NBA statistics and quote Joe Rogan. That will confuse and weaken the drag queen. Yes. So, yeah, we're on the same page there. Yes. On the, we're on the same page. Um, Bunny, I've got a, I got a movie pitch for you. Okay. Okay. This, this, is, a, this is a pretty um, insane idea. But it's a mockumentary about an old man. I think it would work better if it was an old British man. I'm not entirely sure why. But it's a mockumentary about an old British man. And uh, he collects bicycle pedals. Okay. And he's like, hey, this is my collection of uh, bicycle pedals. This one is actually from 1947. It is the best one in my collection. You can see the uh, the spikes. And then he goes on about his history, about how when he was young, his dad bought him a bike, and the bike got run over, and the only thing that was okay was the pedal. So he held the pedal, and he would play with the pedal, and he loved the pedal. And he would hold the pedal of the bike, and he would imagine the whole bike and it just became a habit for him to be obsessed with these pedals. So he tries, you see him going into a bike store and trying to, to like, a, so how much is this bike? Oh, it's $1,700. Okay, now how much for the pedal? Just the pedals. How much for just the pedals? And kind of like a, kind of like a, a waiting for Guffman sort of a, a yes. sort of a movie, you know, a mockumentary uh, ad libs thing but then the film takes a turn because yes. people make fun of him because it's like oh you must be the only person who collects bike pedals in the entire world and he's like there must be others let me get let me get on the internet i'm going to get on the internet i am here on my computer there must be some other uh bike pedals e enthusiasts uh bike pedal collectors nothing huh Bike pedal enthusiasts. Nothing. Huh. Okay. Uh, pedal files. Enter. Wow. A million entries. <laughs> oh, look at this. Someone has made this map that shows exactly where all the pedal files live in my town. Huh. I had no idea there were so many up. Uh, Pedal enthusiasts in my neighborhood. Look at that. So I printed them out. I will be going to each house and seeing if maybe they want to meet up. Huh? They seem to all be guys. Bald white guys. Oh, a couple of very young female teachers are on here. But primarily it's guys. And he 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 starts a, a like a like a monthly meeting of pedophiles. But he has no idea 
that he's the only one who collects bike pedals and he gets this group of like weirdo perverts that he thinks are also uh, pedal collectors. I think it's a such a dumb idea that I think it's great. I I I I I like where you're going with this. It's really sweet until the guy just takes a in many ways it's inspired by Brian and Charles. It's yeah. kind of like this simple guy and he messes up. But and finally bunny, um I thought you of all people would understand and appreciate this. I came up with the single greatest movie review of all time. Okay. And I wanted to talk to you about it. Shit sandwich? So, huh? Shit sandwich? No. Okay. No, no, no. Even even better than that. So, uh, I was going to the movies uh, a few days ago. I didn't want to go see Avatar. I thought about seeing Jesus Revolution, but in my mind, uh, he's not Frasier. He's not some uh, 60s, 70s preacher. He will always be Darius Emmanuel Crouch III, a.k.a. The Rumble, who's yes. trying to steal the money blank. So, uh, Kelsey Graham, that's it. Uh, so, I, 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 then I saw that, what? This is surprising. Um, uh, Guy Ritchie has a new movie out. So, I guess I'll go see this Guy Ritchie movie, and it's called Operation Fortune, and then the subtitle is which is something in French, and they mention it like three times in the movie. I still have no idea what it means. They don't really explain yeah. it. Oh, I have no idea. Uh, and I was concerned about going to see the movie because, hey, there's a, a what's his name? That guy who, was in, who starred in Snatch, who's now in all the action films. Statham? Jason Statham's in it, and Hugh Grant's in it. He was amazing in The Gentleman. And uh, that black rapper who did the rap song in The Gentleman, Bucks is a Bush, Bugsy Malone's in it. And, like, a lot of the usual suspects from Guy Ritchie movies are in it, except now this one has uh, uh, Aubrey Plaza. And I love Aubrey Plaza. And I, uh, I, I'm a huge fan of Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Snatch was a great movie, and then he had a period where I didn't give a crap, but his last movie, The Gentleman, wonderful film. We did it for the podcast. I freaking love that movie. I love that movie. Uh, uh, White White Widow Super Cheese. Yes. So. Uh, okay, but I will, I, I'm sorry. I will never forgive him for Swept Away. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never. Swept, swept away. Swept yeah. away. I didn't necessarily like uh, his live-action Aladdin either. The only thing I liked about that is that Nassim Pedron from SNL is in it, and she steals the show. Anytime you see her, she steals the show. So good for her. She deserves success. So um, so I'm a big fan of, of uh, a lot of Guy Ritchie films, and this one's... I should have been excited, but the previews did nothing for me, and I didn't really want to see it. But I thought, I like Guy Ritchie. I'll watch it. I'm sure I'll like it. 
So I'm watching the film, and throughout the entire film, I'm just thinking, what is wrong? What is wrong? What is this movie? What is it supposed to be? And why do I feel like this? And then eventually, it hit me. I figured out what the movie was, what the movie was trying to be, and I came up with the greatest movie review of all time. Okay. Tom Cruise is in Mission Impossible. Sort of like uh, an American James Bond, but James Bond is always like one person out on a mission. And Mission Impossible is like uh, uh, James Bond, but now he has a team of all of these people who are helping him. Here's the tech guy. Here's the shooter. Here's the this. Here's the that. And so that's what that is. Mission Impossible is more of like a group effort, sort of a spy movie. So Tom Cruise does Mission Impossible. Rick Dalton wouldn't star in Mission Impossible. Yeah. But he would sure as hell star in a cheaper B-movie ripoff of Mission Impossible. And that is Guy Ritchie's Operation Fortune. It's a Rick Dalton movie without Rick Dalton. Okay. Boom! That is my review of Operation Fortune. It's a Rick Dalton ripoff of Mission Impossible, but instead of Rick Dalton... You have Jason Statham and Hugh Grant and Aubrey Plaza occasionally making me laugh. It's not a bad movie. It's also not very good. It's mostly harmless. But it is very much a Rick Dalton cheap ripoff of other more successful movies. Kind of kind of an asylum mock buster. Mm-hmm. I think you're going with, yeah. Which yeah. I have personally yeah. sometimes found more entertaining than the movie it was mocking. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that it's a mockbuster as much as it's a uh, ice pirates. Yeah. Or uh, you know, like because it's pretty good. I, that's why I said ice pirates and not Star Crash. Yeah. Because Operation Fortune isn't a bad movie. It's also not original. It's not unique. It's been done a bunch of times before. It's a Rick Dalton film. Yeah. It's a Rick Dalton ripoff of another more successful film. And that's Operation Fortune. It's one of those films where like, I, it just popped up in my head that Bunny would call this like an airport movie. This is oh, not yeah. a movie that I will go out and see. But if I'm bored, I'm changing the channels on the TV. Oh, look, Operation is for Operation Fortune is on. Okay, I'll watch it, and it'll be fine. Yeah, I'll watch it because I'm tired of changing channels. Yeah, and that's Operation Fortune. It's yeah. in theaters now. There's no big rush. See The Gentleman instead. Oh, wonderful film. Wonderful I film. I mean, that is exactly... Exactly how I saw Jack Black's Gulliver's Travels. Yep. Yeah. Like I, 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 I am, I am tired of looking for anything anymore. This is here. Boxes a bush, and that is it for Jeff this week. That is it for the monologue. Now.
this is what we're going to be doing. We're going to be taking a very, very short break because we record this on Zoom and uh, there's a 40 minute time limit. So uh, fun fact, during there are three parts of the show. There's the monologue. There is our history corner, which is what we're going to be doing now. And then finally, part three, where we get to our actual movie. And this week, it's uh, Infinity Pool uh, by David Cronenberg's son, Brandon. I really, really, really wanted to like this movie. I yeah. wanted to like it. Right here, <sighs> this guy. Yeah. <sighs> We'll get to it. I will say what I, I we, I'll just say this right now. To? Mia Goth, I freaking love her. She is amazing. I melt. Which one was she? The the blonde. The blonde. The crazy blonde. Okay. The crazy blonde one. She was also in X and Pearl and the Suspiria remake. And now she's in Infinity Pool. And regardless of my feelings about the movie, oh my God, I love Mia Goth. Oh my God. Really? Please, please kick me in the face. Please. Well, this 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 may not have been the best way to meet her. Yes, you should see X instead. So we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with historic approximations. Really good one this week about Norman Mailer and uh, uh, people who like to stab people. Yes. People, people who stab people. So we will be right back and, with more The Pope on Film after this. Do, 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 do. Thank you, Eleanor. Do, 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 do. Skitty bop a doo wow and break. I think Social Security should be privatized. You can't go to a supermarket without being accosted by a homeless guy. Democrats and liberals attack viciously. I will take over store time. Not if I have anything to say about it, Skeletor. We will fight to the death. Or, gentlemen, may I suggest a second option? What if we all enjoy the great taste of sugar crisp? Can't get enough of that sugar crisp, sugar crisp, sugar crisp.
And we're back with more of the Pope on film. Bonnie! Yes? If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, the Pope on film. I mean, who isn't? This podcast is sweeping the nation. It's uh, it's mopping the nation. But only the real fans, the true hardcore fans that have been with us since the beginning, uh, who, 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 you know, are in the chat rooms, who are constantly updating the Pope on Film wiki fan yeah. page. The episode You know, the hardcore guy. fans. Yeah, the ones who do the the Pope on Film Fantasy Leagues, which are very popular. Uh, they Only they know the two main facts about the both of us. The two absolutely real and in no way made up on the spot facts about the both of us. America's hottest will-they-or-won't-they couple. The next Sam and Diane. It's Bunny and Maylin. First yes. and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that when you are not recording the podcast... Bunny, you are in fact a celebrated chemist. So tell us, Bunny, what are you and the boys down at the lab? What are you guys currently working on? Oh, my biggest project is I am trying to develop a way to make it so that Silly Putty won't stretch or pick up comics. Nice. You know, so it, it, it will uh, be less. Basically, I'm trying to develop serious putty. I okay? love that idea so much. Because there are just some things we need to be more serious about. Well, here's the thing. You get silly putty, you put it on the newspaper... And you can copy um, an article or copy a picture or copy uh, the latest uh -huh. uh, adventures of Dilbert. And you know what that is? That's copyright infringement. Well, not only is it copyright infringement, you can then take that image of Dilbert from that silly putty and sell it to the Chinese. In China. Yeah. China. Trump really pronounced China weird for someone who pays more taxes in that country than here. Yes. I he, find he's it... more of a Chinese citizen than an American citizen, so it's it's weird that he pronounces it so silly. Yeah. I, I, I but... find it funny that they're concerned about possibly banning TikTok because ch the Chinese can possibly be spying t on us through TikTok. Don't they have cable? Don't they have cable in China? I mean, I, I mean yeah. I'm pretty sure they get all the same shit we get. Like, what's to know? We're barking mad. We don't have any decent secrets anymore. It's, and it's funny, too, because uh, Congress is like, oh, China might be spying on us and getting pertinent information about us through TikTok. Let me just get on Facebook and talk about this. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, it, it's just if they're using TikTok to spy on us, then they're not doing a very good job of spying on us. Yeah. You know, there's so many other ways for us to spy. We're spying on ourselves. Yes. We don't need TikTok for that. Well, uh, just so, like just like the the other balloon that we shot down. Yeah. The one that was yeah. not a Chinese balloon. The one that they were trying to say was a UFO for a little while until mm-hmm. they had to admit it was just a balloon. It was a hot air balloon. There was a local hot air balloon, whatever, touristy. I don't know. You you pay them something, you go up in the balloon. You know what's funny? One of them have, have that missing. And something like 400,000 per missile to take down this balloon. Yeah. Just get Bart Simpson with his freaking slingshot. There you go. Boom. A military that has close to a trillion dollar a year budget. They are not able to tell the difference between a balloon and intergalactic space vehicles. Yeah. You know what's funny is that Biden does a, a speech in November about how they shot down so many more balloons. There was one shaped like Kermit. There was one shaped like Snoopy. Yeah. There was one shaped like Charlie Brown. There was a woman sewed into the pants. Yeah. They just announced season three of I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson. Ah, it's coming out May 30th. I am super excited. It's like a million Super Bowls having sex with WrestleMania. For me. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, an all new thing to obsess over. So that's the first fact about Bunny. The second fact, which is about me, is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So this is the part of the podcast where I get a story from the history books, maybe one that you don't know too well, and reword it via my own unique storytelling style. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of historic approximations, or as we like to call it, That's capital H, G, H, capital H, capital A, small p. The small p is vital to the ebb and flow of the entire podcast. We need it, Bunny. Bunny needs it. Bunny needs P. (laughs) And programming note for years, which is crazy to think about, this segment was called Steve's Historic Approximations. Or SHAP, as we like to call it repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wanted us to or not. However, a dead name is a dead name for a reason, and so we are moving on! So what's happening with HAP this week? This is a fascinating story, really fascinating. We're getting, we're digging deep into it. Um, It's the absolute true story of a murderer, a repeated murderer, and the surprising the surprisingly famous historical name that got him out of jail so he could continue his dastardly crime spree. Okay. 
It's pretty crazy. Well, the murderer in question is named Jack Abbott. But of course, he's known as Jack Henry Abbott because once you murder someone, you have to have three names. Yes, you do. Just period. How odd it must be. How how odd. Okay, your name is Lee. Oh, everyone calls me Lee. Oh, hi, Lee. How you doing? What are you up to today? Oh, nothing. Just going to pose for a picture with this newspaper and this rifle. Cool. Good to see you, Lee. Oh, hey. What are you doing today, Lee? Oh, I was thinking of going over to the parade. Wave at uh, Kennedy. Oh, cool. See you later, Lee. And and all your life, your name's Lee. It's always just been Lee, just Lee. You kill one lousy president, however. <laughs> and boom, suddenly you're all, why is everyone using my middle name? Harvey? That's freaking weird, right? I can't imagine people calling me by my first name and middle name and last name every time that they mentioned me. Yeah. I mean, I you don't see me calling you H. John Bunford Big Dick Williams the Third every time I talk about you. Not every time. Not every time. And speaking of middle names, I presently don't have one. A lot of people at church call me May because they assume that May is my first name and Lynn is my first is my middle name. But no, May Lynn is my first name. I want to be called May Lynn. Not May. My name isn't May. I'm not May Parker. I'm May Lynn. It, what, it, I haven't figured out a middle name yet, but what I like is right now, my middle name is unchangeable. Is interchangeable. I change it regularly. I'm... Uh, it, it's unexpected. In fact, you could say... Unexpected is my middle name. Uh-huh. What I did there? My middle yeah. name is uh my 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 name is now May Lynn Unexpected. Yes. Sometimes I change it. It's like, hey honey, do you wanna smooch a little bit? You know, smooching is my middle name. So I can change it based on what I what I need it for. My middle name is basically a Swiss Army knife. Yes. So I like that. So Jack Abbott, that's our hap recipient of the week. But before we get to him, uh, let's name drop someone famous. Norman Mailer. Okay. Also known as, also known as that one guy. What's his freaking name? Oh yeah, Norman Mailer. A legendary writer who lived from 1923 to 2007. He had 11 best-selling books, one Pulitzer Prize, six wives, nine children, and one conviction of assault for stabbing and nearly killing his wife in the 60s. This guy was crazy. This and he is wrote the those Hobbit that... books. <laughs> those Hobbit books? Yeah, those are good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, 
I, I was trying to figure out how to explain Norman Mailer, but Norman Mailer was part of a group of people who were making fiction, nonfiction, where it's like, I'm going to tell the story of this murderer, but I'm going to make it a fiction story. But it's a fiction story based on this real person. And we're just going to mix a mix a little bit of fiction and nonfiction. So basically, Norman Mailer is, if Hunter S. Thompson never did drugs and just drank a crap ton. Yeah. That's Norman Mailer. He's one of those masculine American writer types whose real life shenanigans were just as crazy as his books, you know? He was a rifleman in WW2. He was a filmmaker. He was a journalist, a playwright. He founded the Village Voice. I believe he has the last lines in the movie "Son of Some Summer of Sam," if I'm not mistaken. Does he possibly? Yeah, I think he's also interviewed for in a. What's the name of that great documentary about the rumble in the jungle? When we were kings. Oh, I haven't seen that in so long. That, that is such a good documentary. Um, his book, Norman Mailer's book, The Executioner's Song, won the Pulitzer Prize in 1980. And also, his 2007 novel, The Castle in the Forest, won Literary Review Magazine's Bad Sex in Fiction Award. And I think that everyone will agree that Literary Review Magazine's Bad Sex and Fiction Award is a more prestigious award than the friggin' Pulitzer, right? Oh, yeah. Most certainly. I mean, which one would you rather win? The Pulitzer or the Bad Sex and Fiction Award? I Hands down. Yeah. Well, I well, would rather win the Bad Sex and Fiction Award. The, the Pulitzer is nice, but... but... For the Bad Sex and Fiction Award, uh, the award itself is is really cool because it's just two Smurfs fucking. Nice, two Smurfs fucking band name called it. <laughs> uh, so Norman Mailer, hard living, heart stabbing. Don't marry. He had six wives, nine children, and one of those six wives he stabbed in the stomach. Don't date Norman Mailer. He's yeah, a no. stabber. He's a stabber. There's a if you marry Norman Mailer, there's a one in six chance you'll be stabbed. That's fascinating. So he's su a stabber. Successful writer. Every other area of his life, total fucking failure. Successful writer, not so successful stabber because he only he did stab one of the six. Yeah. So I'm assuming he was too drunk to and just missed the stomach of the other five. Yeah. So hard living, he, hard stabbing. He, he was he was totally Ward Cleaver with the other five. <laughs> yeah. Oh, honey. Dinner was amazing. Might stab you tomorrow. Oh. All yeah. right. Going to bed. Good night. But, you oh. know. Ah, thought I'd try and stab you, but, but oh, you're But quick. forget his pipe once. Yep. Once. Yep, that's, how, that's how my dad was. 
It's surprising that Norman Mailer was able to become so famously successful, given that he was a convicted wife stabber. Uh, but I guess back then, cancel culture wasn't what it is now. Yeah. Anywho, that's uh, Norm, Normie Mailman. Uh, quick programming note. <laughs> this will not be the last time that we talk about Mr. Normal Mailman. Because okay. he had a habit of writing plays and then saying, Oh, this play would be a good movie. So he would get, he would make a play and then he'd turn it into a movie. And uh, in 1984, he released a novel, Tough Guys Don't Dance, which was based on a play. It, 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 no, no. He released a book called Tough Guys Don't Dance. It came out in 1984. He rush wrote it in two months due to contractual obligations. That's a sign of a good novel. Yes, it is. And uh, three years later, he wrote and directed a movie version, which is now considered by many, including moi, to be one of the funniest bad melodramas ever made. 1987's Tough Guys Don't Dance. Uh, it gave us the amazing scene of Ryan O'Neill. He reads an, he reads a letter and, and the camera just circles around him as he goes, Oh, God! Oh, man! Oh, God! Oh, man! Oh, God! Literally for like a minute. It's such a bad movie. I friggin' love it. And... I want to do the movie sometime this year. So, uh, so eventually. You ever seen yeah. that movie, buddy? No. It is horrible, and I love it. I so, love it. So, Pulitzer Prize winner, Norman Mailer. Normal Mailman, yes. Right. Does Tough Also guys, wrote and directed one of the worst movies of all time. Tough Guys Don't Dance. How many years after Real Men Don't Eat Quiche? I have no idea. It's so bad, it's great. It is such a bad movie. It's great. I Tough Guys Don't Dance. It's stupid, and I love it. Anywho, let's put a pin on Normal Mailman. The Popon film, single-handedly propping up the pin industry since 2014. Yes. It's almost a decade of this podcast. Wow. Because let's go back to the murderer. Mr. Three Names, Jack Henry Abbott. Jackie boy. He was born in Michigan in the 1940s to an Irish soldier and a Chinese prostitute. He was a Chirish. Uh, he was ditched by his parents and put into foster care. And starting at age nine, he was in and out of juvenile detention facilities. So when he came of age, yeah, he's in and out of jail. So Jackie boy, he's 21 years old, okay? And he's in jail in Utah, of all places. Yeah. He's in there for forgery, so I don't know. He's he's forging Mormons. Oh, well, my he, goodness. He, he, he was in jail because he only had one wife. Yeah. Forging Mormons, that was my favorite CW drama. Yeah. Forging Mormons. Um, he gets into a fight with another inmate, and boom, 
Jackie Boy ends up stabbing the inmate to death. He's given 23 years, but then in 1971, he escapes and robs a bank in Colorado, your neck of the woods, bunny. He's recaught, so now he's serving his time for the forgery. Then he got 23 years for the stabbing he did in jail in Utah. And now they've given him 19 years more for the escape and the robbery. So he's doing 42 plus years, which is some hard time. So they end up putting a, and then he's just angry and violent and he's not remorseful. And he's just like, ah, I'm a stabber. And so they end up putting Jackie Boy Stabbington in solitary for most of his time in there. Which is harsh. So in 1977, this is the part where our two stories what? collide. In, in, oh, okay. In 1977, Normal Mailman is writing his novel, The Executioner's Song, which he would ev eventually win his Pulitzer Prize for. That book is a fictional account of the real life of criminal and murderer Gary Mark Gilmore. His story is interesting. Uh, the the nation gave up uh, the death penalty for a while pre-Reagan, pre-Reaganomics. You know, the state just gave up killing people, and um, Gary Mar Gilmore is like, yep, I murdered him. I don't feel bad about it. I'll do it again. I demand y'all kill me. And the state's like, oh... I'm going to be honest with you. Usually we do this against people's will. We're not used to people who want us to do it. This seems pretty sus. I don't know if we're going to kill you. Damn it, I need you to kill me. I'm going to kill again. Kill that guy. Kill her. I need y'all to kill me. So a nor normal mailman wrote a book about it, and he got a bunch of awards. Um, so our criminal friend, Jack Henry, three names, he gets an idea. Hmm. So he starts writing normal mailman from prison. Okay. And he's all, hey, uh, Norman Mailer. I forgot his name because normal mailman is so fun. Hey, Norman Mailer, this, this guy from this book, Gary Mark Gilmore, he's lying to you. He's embellishing the facts. He's 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 making his story sound more grandiose. Um, he's embellishing the true story of what it's like in prison. I'm in prison. I'm spending time in solitary. I stabbed someone in here. I escaped. And then I robbed a bank. Uh, I'll tell you what it's really like. And so normal mailman is all drooling because, ooh, look at all of these. I don't know. Maybe he's got a, a crime, a true crime fetish. So Norm, Norman Mailer writes him back, dear Mr. Abbott. I don't think he has a, he doesn't have a, a southern accent, but for this story, I'm giving him a southern yeah. accent. Dear Mr. Abbott, before you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. And so they become pen pals for years. And uh, 
what's his name? Jackie, Jackie three names, just keeps sending him these massive letters of exactly what it's like in prison, and here's the details, and all of this, and here you go, and yada, 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 for years. And eventually, Mailer is just drooling all over uh, Abbott's story. Uh, he's moved, I tell you, moved. In fact, he's so moved that Mailer makes a compilation of all of Abbott's letters to him and gets a publisher interested in it. And the publisher works on making it into a novel called In the Belly of the Beast, a non-fictional first-hand account of Jackie's life in and out of jail uh, and a peek inside of the American prison system. And as it's getting ready to be released in the early 80s, normal mailman is on the news. Yes, hello. It is I. Now he's British. It is I, the Pulitzer Prize winning author, Mr. Norman Mailer. And I am here today for one reason. To campaign for Jack Henry Abbott to be released from prison. This man is merely a tragic victim of the American prison system. The American prison system, once it's got its hold on you, it wants to keep you in there so that you never get out. It is a travesty that this man from, a from his childhood was forced into this life. It is, it, it is our fault, society's fault, that he is in jail and other important-sounding intellectual things. Uh, he is a tragic victim of the American prison system, as outlined in his up, soon-to-be-published upcoming book, In the Belly of the Beast. Free orders now. And because Norman Mailer is an award-winning author, in 1981, Jackie Three Names has a parole hearing. And the parole officials are... Um, look... We just want to go on record as saying this is an effing stupid idea. Letting him free is dumb. Okay. This guy has zero remorse for what he's done. He is dangerous AF. He has killed before. He will kill again. This is stupid. However, due to the mounting pressure, the mounting public pressure, and Mr. Mailer's lengthy testimony, and again, this is stupid. Oh, no. Cool. Uh, Mr. Abbott, you're free to go. But I'd like to take this time to say, we told you so. And just like that, Jackie Three Names is a free man. Thanks to his writing buddy, Mr. Normal Mailman, Norman Mailer, uh, uh, is like, yay, we got him free, everyone. And he, uh, uh, Jack Henry Abbott moves into a halfway house in New York City, and he gets ready for his prison memoir to be released. Dude's the talk of the town. He's hanging out with intellectual types, hobnobbing with celebs and other hoity-toity literary types. Oh, you just got out of prison. How droll. I read a, uh, an advanced reading copy of your novel. Uh, quite amazing. What do you intend to do after? 
words. Well, wasn't and, that and, wasn't that Eddie Murphy bit kill my landlord? Yeah, basically, roughly the same story. Yeah, yeah, and it was round about that time too, because yeah. uh, he got out in 1981. But here's the amazing part. Here's the amazing part. So, uh, Jack Henry Abbott, thanks to Norman Mailer, Jack Henry Abbott gets out of jail, and he's he's the talk of the town as they get ready to publish his memoir. Jack Henry Abbott is free! Uh, for about six weeks. And then... Yeah. It, it, well, it, okay, let me put it to you this way. Um... The day before his book gets published, the day before his book gets published, um, Jack Henry Abbott is at, is, uh, at a restaurant and he gets into a fight with a waiter in a, a restaurant in the East Village. And it's like my grandpa used to always say. My grandpa used to always say, Huh? Because he was old as hell, yeah. my grandfather. He was 98 when he died. Dude was old. But also, my grandfather used to say, you can take the stabber out of the prison, but you can't take the stabbing out of the stabber. Yeah. And yeah, Jack Henry Abbott killed someone again. 10-minute warning. Gee, gee, thanks, Norman Mailer. I am now proud to say that Norman Mailer is the winner of the Pulitzer Prize for Fiction for his novel, The Executioner's Song. And he is the Literary Review's prestigious Bad Sex in Fiction Award winner. And now, Norman Mailer is the posthumous winner of the Pope on Film's first ever Poffy Award for Outstanding Achievements in the Field of Being an Accessory to Murder. Congratulations, Norman Mailer, yes. for winning the first ever Poffy Award for Outstanding Achievements in the Field of Being an Accessory to Murder. So Jackie's book becomes a mad success, but he can't celebrate that because he's back in prison. And this time for life, no chance of parole. Fun fact, in Psycho 2, Meg Tilly can be seen reading in the belly of the beast. Oh. And then you know that she got killed and something happens to her because, wait, Meg Tilly was reading In the Belly of the Beast, but now she's gone. But here is her copy of In the Belly of the Beast. So what happened to Meg Tilly? So, yeah, she's reading In the Belly of the Beast through the whole movie. Also, Law and Order Season 13, Episode 7. It's entitled Genius. It's way loosely based on Jackie Stabbington three names. He did tr try and write a follow-up novel in prison, but no one cared. And eventually, in the early 2000s, a much older Jackie Three Names would hang himself in a prison cell. A sad life for a crazy stabbing man. And question, Bunny. Yes. Is Norman Mailer an accessory to murder? Because I think so. Well, see, I, I, I remember this story, except that I always thought it was Norman Fell. So, nice. yeah. Uh, so, uh, 
I don't know if he's an accessory to murder, but he is kind of sort of responsible. Yeah. He did Norman get the Mayer guy out. Kind of has blood on his hands. He, and he not from the wifey stab. Yeah. Man, stabbers got to protect stabbers, I guess. Maybe that's why Norman Mailer campaigned to get him out. Like, hey, us, us stabbers got to stick together. Hey, you stabs. I stabbed someone too. Hey. Yeah. Stabbing buddies. High five. So that's it for uh, historic approximations. That's it for half this week. Norman Mailer, famous writer, stabbed his wife, got a got a murderer out of prison so he could murder again. Yeah. And yet he was still allowed to be like a successful, heroic, um, uh, genius writer. It's like he you they still gave you the Pulitzer Prize after you stabbed your wife? And then what did you follow up the Pulitzer Prize award with? Getting a stabber out of jail so he can stab again. Yep. Did you say mom smells like coffee? Is yeah. that what you said? Oh, okay. You know why she smells like coffee? They drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, that's it. I am drinking Cherry Coke, the official sponsor of this episode of the Pope on Film. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I need to read the copy that the Coke people gave us. Hold on. Cherry Coke. Now with 50% less rat feces. Try a cherry Coke today. That's what they told me to say. It's it's weird. It's all of this stuff that they okay. that they said. It, it's, it's just a shame that it turned out that the rat feces was a major part of the flavor. Yeah. It... Now we, have really to have, excited. now we have to I'm have really... artificial rat feces flavoring. Let me tell you something. Um, this podcast has been known for a long time as uh, left-leaning liberal trash. But I got to hand it to the Republicans. I am super excited that Republicans are working on reversing child labor laws because my six-year-old, there is no reason why she can't work in a mine. Yeah. No reason why she can't work deep in a coal mine. That's so what my grandfather, my great grandfather, my great 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 grandfather worked in a coal mine. And why can't my six year old? You know? Yeah. So happy about that. We're going to get some more, uh, going to get some more uh, income coming into the family now that all of my kids can. Thank goodness the Republicans are focusing on what's important. The family. Letting my six-year-old work in a coal mine. Yeah. It's about time. Uh, thank goodness. Well, let's 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 also not forget, you know, child marriage. You know, again, that child is marriage. a good, strong family value that <gasps> they are currently championing. You you can still mm-hmm. go ahead and marry a child at any age. Yeah. Uh, so that's it for so uh, so uh, and and they they are trying to get it rolled back that spousal rape they're trying to make it so spousal rape is no longer a crime. Yeah. So they have managed to. They're trying to work a loophole to the whole raping children thing. 
It's you remarkable. can rape them. You just have to marry them first. Yeah. Hey, can somebody close the front door? Shut the front door. So that's it for historic approximations this week. Be sure and join us next week. We record every other week, but still, I I don't want I don't want to change it. I don't want to change it. Uh, join us next week. Next week for more educationally uneducational fun with historic approximations, or as we like to call it, how. Thank you. Boom. How. We we could just start calling it a fortnight. Fortnite? Like the game? No, Fortnite's two weeks. Oh, okay. Two two weeks. Gotcha. Okay. I thought you were talking about the game. We could just start calling it Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> we could just start calling it Pac-Man. Um so cut on that. Bunny! Yes. It's intermission time again. We are going to be taking a short break uh, where we will be playing some videos, some music, a whole bunch of fun. And when we come back, it's finally time to talk about our movie this week, the uh, 2023. It only came out about two months ago. Uh, the 2023 uh, Brandon Cronenberg. Oh, yeah, let's go, Brandon. Uh, the Brandon <laughs> Cronenberg film infinity pool and i'm just gonna get to to the last thing that i wrote in my notes um all the critics are like wow what an incredible film what how original and new unique man brandon cronenberg has made sure that his films look nothing like his father's films what freaking movie were you watching uh, good christ really because this just seems like um Diet crimes of the future. Yes. But, but, okay. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, uh, we will be right back with more of the Popon film after this. <laughs> do, 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 On the afternoon of March 10th, 2016, an undetermined number of people, oftentimes fluctuating between 2 and 4.5 individuals, were recording a podcast on the internet. Three of them were never seen again. The next morning, the one survivor, Bunny Williams, was picked up on a roadside, blood-caked and screaming church organist. Bunny said he had the number one podcast in hell. 
The man babbled a mad tale. A vaguely Mexican family in the isolated state of Oklahoma. A film podcast that's only indirectly about films. A filthy podcast that somehow prominently featured young children. Then Bunny fell into catatonia. Colorado lawmen mounted a five-minute manhunt but could not locate the macabre podcast. No facts, no information, no iTunes account. Officially, on the records, the Pope on film never existed. But over the years, reports of a bizarre grisly podcast have persisted all across the internet. The Pope on film has not stopped. It haunts your Facebook feed. It frightens Twitter. It vaguely jump-scares Stitcher. The Pope on film seems to have no end. University, which really is as bad as pop culture has led you to believe. Yeah. And I I went into a class and I, that I just randomly picked, and it was like a um, American history in the 20th century, and it was just some random class I picked. And I walk into class, and it was so weird because my brother is four years older than me, so we were hardly ever in class together. We were hardly ever in the same school together. It yeah. was just the period in time where we never saw each other but I walk into class and the first person I see is my brother and we had not talked about this we just accidentally happened to take the same class together yeah and I walk into class my brother's there and he's like holy shit and I'm like holy shit and we took this class and apparently it was the teacher's first time ever teaching a class ever yeah and he had a hard time with the class and what he kept saying over and over again is look we're gonna learn a lot of things we're gonna learn a lot about american history and you're i know what you're gonna do you're gonna take this class and you're gonna do good but then you're gonna forget everything i said you're gonna forget everything i ever taught you but if you remember one thing remember this it's going to be on every test it's going to be the most important thing i'm giving you the answer right now for one question on every test you take in this class. But just remember, the most important thing you can remember is that Albert B. Fall was the Secretary of the Interior during the argument <laughs> the infamous teapot dome scandal. And, and my brother and I looked at each other and said, okay, we're going to have to memorize this. Because apparently, 
This is the most important thing ever. And it gets it, it and that was like in 90 that was like in the year 2000. That was like 16 years ago. Yeah. And he been like a mirroring 40 and I'm living in Oklahoma and I have a wife and I have kids and I have this managerial job and every once in a while I'll do story time and I'll go kids kids we're gonna read a story it's a Dr. Seuss story you're gonna love it but first we get to that I want to talk about a character that you all love no I'm not talking about Spongebob I'm talking about Albert B. Fall you know who that is kids you don't? Well, he's only the Secretary of the Interior during the Harding administration who's responsible for the infamous Teapot Dome scandal. <laughs> I keep saying this one fucking... No one has any fucking idea what it means except maybe Professor Sam Schmeeding and my brother. Hi, everybody. My name is Steve, and today we're going to be writing songs for people, random people, at the Home Depot. Hope you like it. Check out my hair, my hair is awesome. Check out my hair, my hair is awesome. Uh. I'm showing off in a red shirt. I'm showing off in a red shirt. Check me out, I am really awesome and I'm showing off in a red shirt. Lady getting something from the trunk. No way does she have her stuff. Did she drop something? No, she's picking up trash. Picking up trash that's on the street. Picking up trash, trash lady. I want to do you all night long. I am normal, I am normal. Conform, conform. I am normal, check out my shirt. I love khaki shorts, and I'm secretly in love with my best friend and my khaki shorts. Getting in the van, getting in the van, driving away, driving away, driving away in my van. And I'd like for you to pull my red a lot on this that I haven't actually gotten to make a full backing track for. It's called Insect Cities, and it's about uh, someone taking their clothes off in a park and then peeling off their skin. Cool. <coughs> anyway. You guys are the redhead zombie crowd, you can, you can handle that. Oh yeah. Or some of you are. Some of you may not be. I can't see. You took off your clothes in the middle of the grass, and like the fingers of the sun, the light held you in its grasp. You loved the wind, you mumbled on a park bench. Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit, you mumbled like a godsend. The peeling backwards of your skin and the slow open of your ribs made the sound of soft wings and crumpled shirt sleeves. Time caps a letter held in between and dropped from hands that now know things, all now slip from memory. Scattered in the weeds grown around the family tree where the tendency runs and almost gallops, your words crashing endlessly into a cluttered pipe dream where you took off your clothes because they had become unclean. All this preconceived blood on your sleeve and there are needles in your fever dreams. There are fables in these secret things. Pride open how screams be strips as beauty sleeps. Petals fall as anthills dream. Insect cities just out of reach. Put some clothes on, let's be friends. <laughs> scared? I'm, I'm really, really scared. Scared. 
Since 1927, the American Optics Eyeglass Corporation has had one central goal, to provide top class, high quality eyewear. The hot ass chicks disguised as nerdish bookworms. Whether it's Sam Hathaway in The Princess Diaries, Rachel Lee Cook in She's All That, or Mothra in Destroy All Monsters. The American Optics Eyeglass Corporation is there to further a sexist film trope for cash. Do you know the 1957 Humphrey Bogart classic film The Big Sleep? In that film, Lauren Bacall is a nerdish bookworm with glasses. And who made those glasses? We did. The American Optics Eyeglass Corporation. You're not attractive, you wear glasses. You're back, filthy capitalist gods. Fifa la revolution. I don't understand why we're doing this. We barely know these people. It's one day. Let's mix things up a bit. Hiya! You're just happy you found your fan club. I've been waiting six years for your second book. Is it coming out soon? I'm working on it. What do you do for money then? You married well. rich. <laughs> <laughs> I actually came here looking for inspiration. James Foster, you have to come with us. Here, the punishment for any crime committed is death. What? What do you say? But for a significant sum, we'll build a double to send in for your execution. Double. Think of it as a gift. It's like a new skin working into place. It's for you to complete your transformation. This is just a little game. But I can take some blood. Yeah! Show me how strong you are. It's really disgusting. Just sit there and watch it happen. You know, James, do you worry they got the wrong man? I think Social Security should be pri uh, privatized. 
You can't go to a supermarket without being accosted by a homeless guy. And we're back with more of the Pokemon film. Yay! It's like a new skin working itself into place. Infinity pool. Yeah. Set in a fictional country. Fictional country. Uh, okay, let's do this. It's time, buddy! It's time! God help us, it's time. Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to shimmy, shimmy, ya, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yay our way into the third and final half of the podcast. And it is said third half wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our handcrafted, hand-painted, and hand jobbed in the forest while taking a pee. Movie of the week. And this week, oh look, David Cronenberg's son is a filmmaker. Uh, How cute! This is a Nepo film. Yes, the Nepo baby film. That's what everybody's saying. Nepo baby. This is a Nepo baby film, huh? Explain that to me. Nepo baby. There are so many friggin' Nepo babies, so many uh, famous people in Hollywood, and then directors, and then executives, and then all of these people. They got their jobs not because they were talented, but because, oh, their father is this, their this is that. The person who wrote and directed this film is legendary director David Cronenberg's son, so he's a nepotism baby. Nepo this is a, yeah, Nepo babies. Nepo babies are a big thing. Okay, see, I guess I just needed you to yeah there's a big uh debate about it there an article came out in the newspaper about like nepo babies that you knew about and ones that you didn't and here are all the famous ones and and all of that sort of stuff like a uh, comedian nick kroll is like a millionaire and doesn't need to act and he's always just he got the nick kroll show and got all of his parts because like oh his parents are rich and famous and it's like, you probably don't know that. You probably don't know that this famous person is the daughter of this person and that this person oh. was born from executives. There's a whole list. Yeah, she's a Nepo baby. Yeah. A few people are like, yeah, I'm a proud Nepo baby. But most of the people are like, no, I got this job because of hard work and, and a small loan of $4 million. You know, that sort of a thing. So, yeah. 
Oh, what a surprise! David Cronenberg has a son, and his son is his son's films are just as uh, fun but pretentious as uh, his daddy's. It's yes. time for us to discuss the 2023 film Infinity Pool. And like I said, I I wanted to like this movie. Going it's into it, concept. I wanted to like it. Oh, it's a shit concept. I like the concept. I just don't like how they did the concept. What did you like about the concept? That rich people are assholes? We know that. I like the idea of... I like the idea of This is just expounding on what Monty Python did years ago. I like the idea of... It's an expansion of the twit race. I like the idea of a science fiction film where, hey, you did something bad and the punishment is death, but if you pay us, we can build a clone, and uh, the clone will be killed, and then you can go about living your life, and like... um, that's a, that's a decent, interesting concept, but it, it, Bunny, I apologize for this week's movie. <laughs> um, I heard reviews that, oh, this was so scary, and this is so effed up, and Mia Goth is in it, and I freaking love her now. She was amazing in X and Pearl last year, so I figured that this movie would be pretty messed up fun. But instead, it just it feels like this film is trying to say something, but it just exactly it doesn't in. know what it wants to say. I kept thinking of a uh, Max Castanella in Ed Wood. What does ostentatious mean? It, that's what I kept thinking. Yeah, woman in white floating above the dunes. Maybe it's just fatigue, or maybe it's the indignities of war. Or maybe it's something else. But this feels like just a different version of Crimes of the Future. The second one. Yeah. It Also, if you don't know what Crimes of the Future is, check out episode 440. So like 10 episodes ago. And also episode uh, 409, because David Cronenberg made two different films called the same thing. Yes. Francis Ford Coppola's next film is going to be called The Godfather Part 3, but it's going to be about a gnome. Yes. And his magical adventure in the world of make-believe. Like, F off! Bunny, what are your thoughts? Hit me. Uh, It was really pretty vacuous. Uh, It was pretentious as hell. It was acting like it was trying to say something and it really wasn't conveying whatever the fuck it was trying to convey. There were a lot of just scenes that were just filler. You know, like, let's show a dog for a little while. You know? Yeah. Things like that. that, that, Okay, you're just padding this out. And yep. what the fuck was up with that whole sex scene thing? You know, like, uh, okay, you're going to have a sec- an orgy scene, but you're not going to show us the orgy scene? Originally, Like, I, like see, I did this when I was 12, trying to get in sc- scrambled channels on cable. I don't fucking yeah. need it here. 
See, that might be something in editing because originally this film got an NC-17 and so David Cronenberg toned it way down in order to get the R. So, yeah, the the film might have gone farther originally. There is an unrated version out there. I don't know where it is and I don't care because the film's already like an hour and one minute. I don't need to see a longer version. Oh, good like, God, no, no, no. Like, like the Western Heaven's Gate. And the movie came out, and the movie was a bomb, but now people are like, oh, it's good. See, the problem is, is that you didn't see the four-and-a-half-hour version. Yeah. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Like, some people say that the, that the four-hour-long water world is, is genius, and I'm just going to take your word on that. And uh, just move on. I don't need to watch the longer version. I mean, all of these characters from top to bottom were shit. They're all horrible. And 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 some of the things that you were going, they were some of the things where they were trying to get some kind of emotion or trying to elicit some kind of reaction, just kind of fell dead. Okay you were totally prepared to beat this man to death until you found out it was one of your clones and somehow that mattered and what are you a good person now what the fuck There, there were so many clones in this that i expected david bowie to show up as nikolai tesla yeah and like why do you need three of the same jar? You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. okay, I could see if one of them had like a, a painting of Bugs Bunny on it and another one had like the Tasmanian Devil painted on it and, you know, you would get it for $1.99 if you bought the full Whopper meal. Yeah. Like to take this time to show you a little bit of my uh, glassware collection. This is um, uh, there you go, Two Face from Batman Forever. I use it to keep the pencils and pens that do work. And then behind that is uh, Mickey Mouse from uh. Disney's uh, Millennium Celebration in the year 2000. I use this for the pens that don't work. Um, My glue and lighters are uh, held in this Welch's jar that says Muppets in space, which isn't a thing. The movie that came out was Muppets Muppets in space? Muppets from space? There's a difference, but anyway, this is a collector's item. I also have a Garfield one that that I think uh, Mal stole from me. Okay, that's the one with the lead in it. Yeah, that's the that's the lead paint one. But yeah, um, I don't remember where we were going with this, and I'm very tired. But I I will say though, I have a huge crush on Mia Goth. The blonde crazy chick in this. I love her. 
her character oh she plays a horrible horrible woman but she plays it wonderful she plays she she's she's just crazy and insane and i love her in this she is the only thing that i can say that i really like about this film yeah she does a great performance and i love her but okay so infinity pool 2023 film it came out at the end of january so this is a recent film um i think it's still playing in some theaters uh, it's directed by David Cronenberg's son, Brandon. This movie is his third full-length feature film. He did a bunch of shorts. He did a bunch of music videos. And then his first full-length film was 2012's Antiviral, which is not... It, which sounds like it's in the same universe as 2025, the world plagued by a virus but um it's not <laughs> anti-viral is a horror sci-fi movie about a future where celebrities sell designer illnesses it stinks of daddy cronenberg yes it 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 just does his second film was a lot more successful that was 2020's possessor which is a horror sci-fi movie about an organization that uses brain implants to take over people's minds and then gets these normal people to assassinate people for the rich elite, which again stinks of Cronin Papa. But Possessor gets extra points because for having Jennifer Jason Lee in it. Remember when she was in everything? Yes, yes. She was everywhere in everything and you didn't mind because she was always freaking great she was awesome in everything so um possessor it's more crone and papa but jennifer jason leeson I, I love her and it, it's a shame that she's not in everything like she used to be but um and isn't she in nepo baby too yeah yeah I, Isn't she like related to Jamie Lee Curtis somehow? I just at this I think so. At this point, I just assume that 75% of all of Hollywood are Nepo babies in some way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so yeah, more crone and dad sounding stuff. And now with his third film, Infinity Pool, writer director Brandon Cronenberg finally cements himself as Diet David Cronenberg. Okay. Right? Yeah. Right? This just looks like cut from the same cloth, you know? I got this hat. Uh, this is visual. So if you're listening to this on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts or whatever, you should try tuning into our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Pope on Film, uh, because every once in a while we'll do visual stuff. Uh, I bought a hat. At uh, I don't even remember where it might be TJ Maxx, but I bought it for ten dollars, and I just decided I'm going to be a hat lady now. <laughs> okay. Uh, at first, I was worried that it would give off uh, Johnny Depp vibes, but now I'm trying to go for a Stevie Nicks. Okay. Uh, but that is a straight up fedora. It's it's a huge lady hat. It's a big one. From the San Diego Hat Company. And I love it. <laughs> I'm, a, I, I'm a hat lady now. 
this movie just feels like a different sort of crimes of the future. It feels like gratuity for the sake of gratuity. Um, I would say, Bonnie, why don't you explain the plot? But I already explained it. It's a fictional foreign country. Yeah, horrible people being horrible. That's as close it's as a, we get. It's a fictional foreign country. Uh couple is is at uh is on vacation and someone gets run over. Uh hereditary, party of four. And yeah. Hit and run. I know what you did last summer. And they're going to be killed, but for the rich elites, if you pay a crap ton of money, they'll make a clone of you and the clone will be killed and you can just go off with your life. But here's a collector souvenir of your ashes. And uh, so the rich elite can basically do whatever they want on this in this country and just pay to get out of it and i'm assuming that the direct that day that uh brand let's go brandon cronenberg was trying to say something important about uh eat the rich and the elites and yada 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 but it just seems like gratuity for the sake of gratuity and and i'm confused about the legality which, of which all is of okay this. which is okay and you can do that but you still need to juxtapose that up against something. And and Skarsgård was just as scummy as everybody else. So, yeah, it's... What, so what were you holding a light to or anything? You know, you need some kind of a contrast here. Yeah. I'm confused about the legality of it. So aren't you technically faking your death when you get back to America? Are you allowed to still be yourself because yourself died in the other country? Do you go by a different name now? Everyone, you know, finally like, oh, hey, it's time to go back to America. I have to do this and I have to do this. I have all these plans and here's all the things that I'm going to be doing. And it's like, but... Legally, you died. I'm confused about the legality of it. Now, I would like to know more information, but... Yeah. Um, the whole thing's purposefully vague. Are you allowed to be yourself? I, I don't know. I'm interested in that. And what the fuck was up with Knife Boy? Knife Boy? Yeah. Oh, yes! Uh, Stabby Kid. Yes, yeah. I wrote that down. He looks like the son from Hook. Slash Dick Tracy's ward. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, did they somehow get this one freaking kid from all those movies in the 80s and made him not age? Because that looks 100% like the kid from Dick Tracy. I just ate 10 pounds of ice cream. When do we eat? You know? I, yeah. I, I was shocked. He was a dead ringer for that kid. And why wasn't that kid in Jurassic Park? Now that I think about it, I didn't write this down, but that was round about that time. Yeah, I would have much preferred the kid from Dick Tracy than the kid that we got in Jurassic Park. I bet he auditioned. He was around that age. I don't know. Anyway, 
again, let me go back to the one positive. Mia freaking Goth is phenomenal in this. She played Sarah in 2018's Suspiria remake, which uh, turned out to not be that bad. And then, wow, in 2022, she exploded. She was two parts in X, which is just the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but with porn. It's much better than it needs to be. It's really good. It's really fun, really funny. And Mia Goth plays like a young runaway who is a stripper and is hoping to make money as a porn actress and wants to be the biggest star in the world. And it took me a while to realize, wait a second, the young star of the film is also the murderous 90-something-year-old woman? Holy crap, who is this actress who was a 20-year-old and a 90-year-old in the same movie? Because there's a scene where the 90-something-year-old woman assaults the, like, 20-year-old woman, and I had no clue it was the same person. It is a phenomenal acting job, and I was blown away by Mia Goth starring in the movie X. And then, what a treat! A prequel came out a mere six months later, also starring Mia Goth, and that prequel was called Pearl, and that's even better than X. So much fun. And after that, uh, I am forever in love with Mia Goth. I don't want to say she can do no wrong because my wife said during the break that I should stop saying that about people because once you say about a celebrity, that celebrity can do nothing wrong. Suddenly, they start spouting Nazi crap. And I'm not saying that Mia Goth is a Nazi. I'm just saying I'm covering my bases. She can't do nothing wrong. She is really, really blonde, though. Yeah, I have a huge crush on her. She is... uh, she is to me in 2022 and 2023 what Florence Pugh was for me in 2019. Yeah. That like, ooh, look at you. I'm you're pretty. I like you. And she is straight up creepy, freaky, scary in this, and I love her. But this movie has Mia Goth and very little else. Yes. Uh this movie is pretentious. It reeks of, oh, look at my film. It's not horror. It is an art film and a statement on class and greed. And when I was writing it, I remember what a famous German philosopher once said when he said, blah, 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 pretentious. Yes. This is a pretentious film. Um, it's it's just a... a Crazy, gory, bizarre. It reminded me a little bit of Funny People. You ever see Funny People? That movie with two killers and sometimes they'll they'll look right at the camera and talk to you. Yeah, Funny Games, wasn't it? Funny Games. That's it. Funny Games. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of that. Because I think it was a Funny People too. Yeah. Yeah. But it reminded me of that movie in that here are just all these horrible people doing horrible things and getting away with it. Uh, it's, this is like a, like a film that 19 year old me would have liked back when I was like, Oh, 
Look at me. I like film. I'm taking film classes. I'm studying film. Oh, what? There's an indie low-budget art film that's only playing in one theater across town? I'm going to go with that with all of my movie theater friends, and we're going to go watch it, and we're going to love it because we love art films because we're young we're 19, and we're going to smoke cloves outside of the theater and talk about how we're smarter than everybody else. 19-year-old me would have freaking loved Infinity Pool. <laughs> uh, but this movie is shallow, is a shallow and thinks it's too important. I'm in my 40s, and I have less patience for ostentatious, pretentious, arty party shit. Yeah. Also... I'm just going to come out and say it. I'm there's like four or five scars guards. Mm-hmm. I know that the dad was in Thor. Yes. And I think F somebody in that, in that one porn movie. Nymphomania. It was like a, Two or part three, they made it, it was way too long. But yeah, uh, um, so I know him. I could not tell you who the other ones are. I don't know. All I know is that this one didn't look like Pennywise. Yes, that's like the best I could oh, say. Oh, but the Pennywise one, he was in Barbarian. Have you seen Barbarian? That was a lot of fun. No. I don't it's, know if I've heard of it. It's a horror movie about two people who accidentally get double booked into like an Airbnb and it goes left field quick and it's a dumb fun horror movie and right when it gets scary it turns into a comedy with uh, the song Ricky Ticky Tavi by Donovan. Yeah. It, Huh? I like your hat. Thank you. I'm a hat lady now, I decided. And I love it. I'm going for a Stevie Nicks sort of a thing. Yay. Yeah. If, you, uh, if I ever see the Seven Wonders, I'll make a path to the Rainbow's Edge. That's what I'm going for. Bonnie, do me a favor. Do you have your, do you have like a browser up? Uh, yeah. Bing or Google Brandon Cronenberg. I want you to look at his face. Okay? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, tell me when you've got his face. This is totally worth it, by the way. 100% worth it. Brandon Cronenberg. You're going to love this. Oh, my. Okay. Brandon Cronenberg looks like if Peter Stormari had a baby with Borat. Yes. I never thought I'd say this. He has resting Borat face. (laughs) It is phenomenal. I didn't know that was a thing. Apparently it is. I think it's kind of funny that someone got Peter Stormari, specifically Big Lebowski, we believe in nothing, Peter Stormari. Yes. And got and got Borat and made them into a Cronenberg monster. And that's David Cronenberg's son. It all makes sense. He, I feel is, like I should have like 
a bunch of pictures on a on a board behind me with a bunch yeah. of string, and I'm like Pepe Silvia, Pepe Silvia. It makes sense. Uh, in my head. what I'm seeing here, my impression is he looks like a mime who despises mime. Yeah, he's got a shakes the clown vibe to him. Yeah, he looks like he would be a kids performer, but a kids performer in Death to Smoochie. Yeah. Yeah, his, his face just looks like it Lord. needs white makeup. Yeah, Lord. yeah. And then I learned that uh, David Cronenberg wrote Infinity Pool after having a very bad experience at a resort, and that makes me think. Okay, so not only are you a nepo baby, but it sounds like you're a bit of a Karen. Yeah, I well, had. I had the worst service at this resort. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a movie about how all uh, foreign resorts are horrible. Hey, I'm just thinking, who do you run over? <laughs> Get the security footage. We need we need to start reviewing that right now. Uh, hey. Ten minute warning. <laughs> okay. Infinity pool, kind of effed up, pretentious attack on rich people. It's an artistic horror film. Someone saw Hostel and said, what if we put the Purge and the Prestige in with that? Yeah. Mix it up real good. That's Infinity Pool. Um, you, you get Hostel, you add the Purge to it, and you get a movie that likes to smell its own farts. Yeah, but, but like this wasn't even horror. It was just boring yeah the only part that i found even remotely scary is when stabby kid came back oh shit that's stabby kid yeah. oh it doesn't matter this is all a dream or friggin whatever it doesn't even matter so one thing i do another thing i do like well exactly about this exactly and i'm sorry i think you've just hit on the tagline for this movie what it it doesn't really matter yeah, it doesn't really matter. Um, I do like the morals, the more the and the moral of the story is because this movie, as far as I can tell, has three morals. Number one, rich people are a holes. Okay, that I can agree with. Uh, number two, um, what's the second one? Oh, don't marry a writer. If there's yeah. one thing that I have learned from my wife's uh, years-long obsession with Supernatural, it's that writers lie. Yeah. Don't marry a writer. <laughs> and also, if you marry a writer, there's a one in six chance they'll stab you in the stomach. Yeah, this is true. Just look at, just look at normal mailman, Norman Mailer. And the third and final... Um, moral of this story and uh, I can't um, stress this enough. I watch a lot of travel videos of people going to like island resorts and stuff like that on YouTube. Um, if you're staying at a resort in a foreign country any foreign country don't leave the resort! 
Yeah. Ever. Even if Mia Goth promises to give you a wraparound, not worth it. <laughs> a, 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 a reach around, a wraparound. <clears throat> it's not worth it. Even from Mia Goth, it's not worth it. And, we, and, we, I... and since you brought that up, we literally saw every fluid possible come yeah. out of that man. Yep. Yep. Vomit. Splooge. That'd be a good name for a metal band. Splooge? Vomit Splooge. Yeah, Vomit Splooge. Splooge just after peeing. Yeah, that's gotta that's gotta do uh uh that's gotta wreak havoc on your urinary tract. That's how you get a UTI, people. I yeah. hope the resort has some cranberry juice. Um in its opening week, Infinity Pool made more money than Crimes of the Future made in its entire theatrical run. So suck it, Papa Cronenberg. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see an artist, someone with more artistic talent than me, draw director David Cronenberg as a Cronenbergian monster. It would be a Cronenberg Cronenberg. Oh, uh -huh. One thing that I like about this film is that so the entire film is just two hours of Mia Goth torturing a Skarsgård. And she's like, I think you're horrible. And he's like, I don't care. We actually don't like you at all. Okay. We've been torturing you this entire time because we're rich and we think it's fun. Okay. <laughs> you're a horrible person and your uh, girlfriend just it, it broke up with you and you're a piece of crap. And we've given you drugs, and we've made you had a like a bisexual orgy, and we've made you kill people. Oh, I don't care. But the thing that that finally like stabs him in the heart. Yeah. Oh, and also, I didn't read your book. What? <laughs> That's the thing that gets him. Like he's just walking there in a stupor. I didn't even read your book, and that's when. Oh. You, In you fact, I've got bitch. a bad review of your book right here. That's the thing that gets him. And I love that bad book review because it also doubles as a review of this movie. Overcompensating with pretentiousness. <laughs> that is this. Uh, uh, so that's this movie. Critics were all, like I said this earlier, critics were all like, oh, what a great movie. Brandon is nothing like his daddy, but what movie did you all see? Because yeah. this seems like um, uh, over-the-top gore yeah. uh, runs in the family. I, so. I, I, the, the, oh, like, see, you tell me Brandon Cronenberg has made a movie. The only thing that's Stops this movie from being exactly what I expect expected is I expected it to be good. <laughs> and also, this is one of those movies where I'm watching and I'm just going, "Damn it, Genie's probably watching this." I was. <laughs> like every once in a while, we'll do a movie that's like so weird that I'm like, "Freaking Genie." We, we, sorry. Say, just say sorry right now. 
Sorry, I'm sorry, Jeannie. I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Apologize. That was pure shit. Yeah. 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 So, so that's it for Infinity Pool. Next episode, next week, have I got a freaking idea. Okay. And I'm so excited for this. Um, so my birthday is coming up. I look... I, I am turning older than you'd think. Uh, older older than I look, I'd like to say. You know how they say black don't crack? Yeah. Well, I came up with one. Brown slows down. Oh, okay. Every, every once in a while when I feel bad, I'll just get on Facebook and uh, search all of the people I went to elementary school with and see them bald and them like... M- morbidly obese and and just hating their lives and then i look at me looking like i'm in my 30s so uh it my birthday is coming up it's on march 22nd and i want to watch something fun something that i love something that means something personal to me and something that will allow me to talk uh, about myself and about what the movie means to me and also not something that will cause a freaking engram like this week's movie, Infinity Poop. So, next episode, my birthday episode, we are watching Ed Wood's Glen or Glenda. Oh, okay. but hear me out. Okay. Hear me out. Hear me out. There's a twist. We already did this. Episode 199. That was forever ago. This is episode 250, for, for for cripe's sake. We did it in episode 199. But here's the thing. Oh, sorry. 450. 450. Thank you. Thank you. This is episode 450, and we did it in episode 199. But I was a dude back then. Okay. I am a woman now. A trans woman. And this is a pretty big trans movie that meant a lot to me when I was a man. And now I will be looking at it from a fresh trans perspective. And it will uh, be a conversation starter. And I'm excited about that. Excited to take a fresh look at Ed Wood's most personal film, Glen or Glenda. So that is next episode. Be sure and join us. But now that I'm looking back at this episode, uh, the ins, the outs, a normal mailman, a fuba, this has been a pretty good episode. This has been. You are torturing me less than a, a minute. Damn good episode. Okay, thank you. I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes because you're the person who makes that distinction. <laughs> and I, I, you know, but I concur with your assessment, good sir. <laughs> so until next week. I am Bunny Williams. And I am uh, Reverend Maylin. And on behalf of Natasha and Eleanor and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. And you just off of- yeah. <laughs>